Some people bring their own nuances into the church. And uh, Pastor Andre and Vilma have been able to bring a heaven's culture to be able to say, well, that's interesting what you bring in, but this is actually what the word of God says. And wow. you need to leave that at the door. This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now let's jump in to another episode for all of us who lead from the middle, from the second chair for the second chair. Hello and welcome to the Leading Second Podcast. We're back for the second half of our season and I'm excited that you made it to this space to join our conversation today. My name's Clark and I'm one of the team members here at Leading Second. And before we jump into the episode, I wanted to let you know about our episode guides. Uh, these guides are available so that you can maximize the content during this episode. So there's outlines of main points. Uh, it, it, it helps jumpstart conversations. It'll provide discussion questions. So consider taking your team through it or you can use it for your individual growth as well. You can find this resource at our website, leadingsecond.com forward slash podcast. For today's interview, we're honored to welcome Sean and Kogi from Rivers Church in South Africa. They sit down with Brandon and Lindsay and talk about what it looks like to bring heaven's culture to our church. So let's jump into the conversation. Well, Sean, Kogi, so good to talk with you guys today. Welcome to the Leading Second podcast. Glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, it's a privilege to be able to, to be on the podcast with you and uh, you've been looking forward to it. Absolutely. Um, love you guys and love your church so much. Uh, my pastor, Pastor Kevin Gerald, um, has had the honor of being at your church several times over the years. We've had your pastor here at our church over the years. He's an absolutely brilliant, masterful communicator. I know you know that, but but I've been impacted by his ministry over the years. And so to get, in, uh, to, get to sit and have a few minutes with you guys live is really fun for me. So thanks for some time today. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Lindsay. It's great uh, to be here. And uh, as Sean said, we um, grateful to be here and we love your pastors as well. Great relationship so. between um, our ministries. So yeah. heard a lot about your church from Pastor Andre's visit. So really excited to be here with you two today. So good. And I do have my beautiful wife, Lindsay, on the yeah. podcast. Yay, I got her back <laughs> on another episode. You need yeah. to do this more. Okay. That's what I keep hearing. Fine. Amen. <laughs> so just putting you on I the am. spot. I am. Here I'm here. Just putting you on the spot. Okay, so tell us about Rivers Church. Just, you know, many may not be familiar. So tell us about your church and maybe what you find special about your church. I'd love to hear that. So we've got five campuses and our main campus is in Johannesburg, South Africa. Um... It's a very interesting city and um, a country that's just rich with culture, very diverse. Um, we've got 11 official languages, just to give you context wow. from where we've come from. Wow. So um, a lot of diversity. We've got a very interesting past um, and just trying to integrate people into a new way of thinking. So, um, so we've got, as I said, five campuses, the main ones in Santon and our senior pastors, Pastor Andre and Pastor Vilma, have been 
the senior pastors for 30 years. So this is their 30th year in ministry. Oh, wow. yeah. So Incredible. it is really a very fast-paced city. So we both from the Santon campus. So fast-paced city. It's probably like the business hub of um, a major city. Um, so yeah, lots of um, different people, different walks of life. It's an interesting city and an interesting church because you've got the rich and poor living side by side. Mm. So that in itself is quite an interesting dynamic for our city. So you've got rich, poor um, people that are educated, uneducated, serving God and, and being part of a very large, um, large fast-paced church. Yeah, and, and you have some unique challenges that have, that have gone on. My, my pastor has talked about your need to be very precise over the years with, with safety, with culture. But from my understanding, it's really allowed you all to be very counterculture in some ways. I guess, would you just kind of speak to how you approach having a church in your specific city and some of the, some of the challenges you feel like you face that go into that? Uh, yeah, I think I think be, be, because of our city and because of it's a it's a, it's a multicultural city, it's allowed us to be able to speak into a heavens culture, because we have so right. many different cultures coming into the church from from North Africa as well as Southern Africa as well where we are. It's allowed us to speak a heavens culture and bring a different culture in where people bring in their own um, natural languages, like you're saying, eleven different languages in our country. So people bring their own nuances into the church, and uh, Pastor Andre and Vilma have been able to bring a heavens culture to be able to say, well, that's interesting what you bring in, but this is actually what the Word of God says, and wow. you need to leave that at the door. So that's been pretty special for us to be able to witness, and as people break free from those, those uh, barriers and those, those past that they carry with them, um, so South Africa still presents that. It still currently presents that because we're facing those things. Every day is a new day afresh, and we're facing new challenges, I think, through COVID and, and even from our history as well. Yeah. It's meant that it's brought us to some, some areas that we, we thought we may not have needed to face, yeah. uh, but COVID has brought those things afresh. We, we weren't online uh, prior to, to COVID, so uh, we were not online. So oh, from, wow. one week, from one week to the next, uh, we went from live church uh, to streaming church, and uh, our main campus wasn't open for a year. Uh, we didn't oh, wow. host any congregants for a year. So, so culturally, that, that brought a whole new cultural experience for us to be able to speak into while people were sitting at home and we didn't have that opportunity to actually have them in the church and shape people that we usually do. Wow, interesting. Yeah, Sean, also just to add to that, with us going online when we did with COVID, we live in a nation, as I said, where you've got rich and poor living side by side. Majority of the country cannot afford data or do not have access to, um, to the internet. So to try and go online during that season and then still speak into our congregation was just difficult in itself. So we needed to find creative ways to get data to our congregation to get the message of Jesus out to them every week. So outside of just the normal limitations that we've got within our nation, we had COVID that added another layer to what we were already facing as a nation. Uh, yeah, I must say that that even though there's such great diversity in our nation, our nation is filled with great spirit. 
there's an incredible spirit in South Africa of overcoming. And even though we face challenges, uh, you know, people that come to uh, Rivers Church have that likeness. When they come, they feel they can be associated. And even though they're willing to be molded, when they come, there's that entry point of association to say, there's something here that I can associate myself with. So South Africa is great in that, in, that, in that sense. The people are, are willing, you know, there isn't a, a naturally a great sense of let's sit back and let's wait, uh, especially in our church. So when people come, um, if, you, if, you, if, if, if people feel that way, they won't fit into the church and they won't actually stay. Yeah, yeah. I, and I want to go back to heaven's culture for a minute. And, and here's why. And I know we have listeners from all over North America, all over the world for this podcast. So proud of that. I wish you guys could see like the nations that listen and, and engage in this. But one thing in the U.S. that we're not particularly used to is being a tribal nation. And what I mean is, you know, we there have been times where it felt like we had a, a little more of a strong national kind of a spirit. But right now in the U.S., it's becoming more tribal. It's becoming quite polarized. And I don't mean tribal as in a good thing. I mean, I mean, you're either to the right politically or the left politically. You're either this or you're that. And what you're saying about heaven's culture, my pastor's been talking a lot about that in this season, that we are kingdom. You know, we, we are not Republicans. We are not Democrats. We are kingdom. You know, we, I think we just have something to learn from you guys because you, you've championed that for a long time of, of bringing bringing heaven's culture and leading people past maybe you can celebrate you know of course their their heritage and we celebrate where people come from but but remind people we are christ followers first we are the the people of god first i guess when, when you communicate that to your church how does it sound how does it feel because i i believe right now in the u.s we need that we need to elevate our churches to kingdom culture yeah. I want to just add, living in South Africa, there's definitely a reverence for God, which we can mm. see. If you look across the globe, you can see that many nations, there isn't that reference for putting God first. So because, again, of the tribalism, the diversity that we've got, there is this rich reverence for wanting to, um, to, to still appease and still be uh, for the things of God, which is which is a great plus, actually, because yeah, yeah. not many nations of the world can say that. Um, when it comes to heaven's culture, I think it's important to establish the culture for the church. So if we speak about heaven's culture, we've got senior pastors that have established a very strong culture for the church. If you do not have a strong culture that is laid out by the senior leaders, it's very difficult for team, whether you're second chair or for your team members to want to follow that culture. So what does it look like practically? Yep. It's, as you said, it's kingdom culture. It's believing that, um, you know, we've got 20 values as, as a church. And if you're part of Rivers Church, you've got to buy into, you've got to, this um, culture needs to be just not a church culture, but it needs to be a culture that you take home. So I cannot come to church and say generosity is my culture at, home, at church, but not at home. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. So when it comes to generosity, when it comes to uh, believing the word of God and believing what the truth of God says, it's not what I do on a Sunday or from nine to five. It's who I am. It's what I teach my family around the table. It is... Um, saying to our congregation week in and week out, um, 
you know, you've got your cultural diversities. In, in South Africa, you've got people of color, you've got South Africans, you've got a lot of Indian people, black African people, people from Africa different, beautiful, rich culture that yeah. you're bringing in, right. but within that, um, timekeeping is a culture of the house. So, you know, <laughs> you hear about African time, and in Africa, you, you know, it's very much, you've got a wedding at three o'clock and everybody picks up at four o'clock. No, no, no. When it comes to church, timekeeping is heaven's culture. It's a value at Rivers Church. That means you've got to come to church in time. So what we did many years ago, probably about 12 or 15 years ago, we actually closed our gates 15 minutes into the start of the meeting. Again, you've got to value Your whole property is gated. Whole property is gated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's gated because we've got security issues. So that's a, that's a different challenge that we faced with as a nation. So we started to lock the gate for a couple of reasons, security being one of it. But secondly, if you, um, if you value God, value worship, you need to be in church on time. You know, if you're coming in late, you're actually disrupting worship. You're disrupting people that have made the effort to come to church on time to be in the presence of God. So again, scandalous at the time. Right. But in order to... To, to say, hey, hey guys, heaven's culture, this is what we believe. It was something that we needed to, uh, to put in place. Um, definitely criticized. Interesting uh, thing is a lot of people came in during that time. The gates were locked. Some of them were a little bit not, not very excited. <laughs> not happy. But not happy at all. But they came back and now fully-fledged members and love being part of the house. But again, it's like reshaping your thinking. Don't be offended. Don't get hurt. Try and come in early, experience who we are, and let God do the rest. So, yeah, that's just a little example of Heaven's culture. I, I think it's great, and we'll, we'll. I have a couple other questions I want to ask you here in a minute. But the reason I'm leaning into this is, um, I think in the U.S. we have at times had the benefit of sort of having this Christian subculture to our nation which can just cause us to relax. It can cause us to lose intentionality about stuff, but that's really crumbled in the last decade. I would not say we are a nation that has a Christian subculture. Anymore. We have very strong churches. We have, we have a very, very strong church, you know, local church in the U.S., but, but nationally, that's very much changed just in our adult lifetime. And churches are going to have to be more intentional. Maybe it's not timekeeping for us. Maybe it's something else. I'm just kind of raising the idea that it's intentionality that's going to matter. And so you guys are really an example in that. Yeah, I, I think intentionality is important. And I think what you learn and what you take from church, you take into your homes and you take into your workplace. So if you want to change a nation, it starts, we believe it starts in church. It's the teaching. So... And again, timekeeping, a very good example that we use, a very practical example. But if you've been part of our church and if you run a business or if you go to work on a, on a Monday to Friday, suddenly you're grasping this concept of timekeeping into your workplace, Beautiful. into your schools, Beautiful. into your home. Yeah. And, um, and that is really what the church is, shaping the nation with culture and again, it starts with having a strong culture. So you've got to have leaders that have got a strong culture, speaking that constantly from the platform. So you don't establish culture and it's spoken and then you relax. Okay, culture's been established. No, it needs to be spoken in your small groups, in your um, 
connect groups or um, you know, I'm not sure what you call it here, but literally you've got to you've got to be speaking that week in and week out so people grasp yeah, don't the get concepts tired of, of that. Exactly. Don't get tired. Don't yeah. back up. Okay, so let me ask you, what do each of you do on the team? And then my other question I'd love to hear from you on is, why do you lead from the second chair? You know, you're both great leaders, you know, you, but yet you find yourself like we do, tucked up under a senior pastor, serving a vision bigger than you. Uh, so I just love to hear what you, what you do on the team, but then why do you lead from the second chair? What does that mean to you, Sean? So I'm, I'm a business manager, so I take care of uh, anything that is uh, not pastoral uh, in the background, so I'm an administrator, but uh, really uh, whatever's really required. So whether that be finances, human resources, opening new campuses, um, hiring of new team, um, Just a couple IT, things. security, Just anything, a couple anything things. around yeah. that. And we've got a great team around us as well. Yeah. But any of the, anything that uh, is, involves those sorts of things would come to my desk. Um, and then I would work alongside uh, Kogi as executive pastor as well. Um, the roles overlap. Um, so it's great having somebody that you've got chemistry with as well so that you can work well together. And then I work with the lead pass as well to make sure that they can roll out and do what they need to do. But my primary goal is to make sure that I roll out the vision of our senior pastors. Um, so I do many things, but that's my primary goal. They have a vision and my responsibility is to make sure that that happens. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. So my role on team is executive pastor. So I take care of pretty much all the ministry side of things, oversight over our five campuses, training our people for the platform, um, literally running events, marketing media, TV ministry. Um, so I think on staff, it's difficult to put a description to your role because it really is. I think when you're on staff team, it's whenever, whatever. Very much And so. um, we actually serve. So as much as you've got titles and roles, I'm like, whatever you need. Mm. So whatever your senior pastors need, they, as I said, huge visionary leaders, and um, and we get to serve them. So whatever's in their head, you know, you talk about why second chair. I think it's, I think every senior pastor need people to come alongside them to carry the vision to be those armor bearers. Yes. And I look at my role as an armor bearer. So you've got the vision, you've got huge vision, and if I can play a part in understanding that vision. Um, you know, you've trusted me in this role, then I have a responsibility to be able to take what's in your head and work with the teams and bring that to, to the party. So I think... Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so so let me ask you this. You, you talk about carrying forward what's in your pastor's head. So my question is, how do you get in their head? <laughs> how, how do you, both of you, receive that download and catch what's in their head and their heart so you can take it forward. So I, I think it starts with spending time with your pastors. So if you're in this role, you need to understand who they are. You've got to have chemistry with them. We believe in the Elisha-Elijah principle where, where you chase the man of God. Right. You don't get Pastor Andre coming and having a meeting with me and saying, okay, this is what I want. I need to be constantly chasing, chasing my pastors to see what's in their heads. It's my responsibility. It's not their responsibility to come and say, this is what I want. I know the big vision for the church. I'm like, okay, what, are we, what does this week look like? What does conference look like for you? There's times when you need to keep up to date on what's in their head because what they were thinking three months ago may have changed because they've spent time at team conference and they've come in with different vision and different goals. 
It's your responsibility to say, okay, where are you at now? What are you thinking? And it's simple things. It's those corridor conversations. It's those conversations that your senior leader would walk to the media department and have with a different team. And if you're there, you kind of, okay, that's where my past is at. Let me see how I can unpack where he is, you know, what's going on in his head now. So I think you need to be constantly in their space, ask questions, chase them, um, keep up to speed on what they're reading, what they're watching, what interests them, uh, what conferences they're attending. So if you in that space, then you know what's expected of you as a number two so leader. So well said. I, I think it's important to, to mention uh, the, the fact that you, you, you can't be second if you're totally different to the first. And if your accent isn't of the same mm. tone and language, you won't be able to function. Um, mm. Because where they are going and what they do, you will not be able to associate yourself with, you will not be able to familiarize yourself with. So I think it's important that, that certainly in my role, uh, uh, we, we, we have what we call vision, values, and culture. Um, you know, and within our vision, value, and culture, it's triangle, and the team's free to operate within that vision, values, and culture. And, and should someone operate outside of the tri triangle in culture, it's a flag for us. It says, right, you're going in a direction that we're not going in, and we're different for a reason, but if you live outside of the triangle, actually, then this isn't going to be a place that you'll be able to flourish or function. So I think it's important that your accent in the way you speak is imperatively important that when, you speak, when your pastor speaks, that you sound the same way, not because you want to mimic, but it's because of who you are. And I think our, 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 our senior pastor, certainly for myself, has released me in that manner that when he speaks, I, I don't have to go, that doesn't make sense, or I can't relate to that, or why are you going in that direction? Because it settles well in my spirit with who I am. So I think, you know, second for me, he certainly uh, releases me to be able to function well. But I think uh, that if you, if you don't have, and if you're not able to speak with a, a similar accent, it's so interesting being in the States because there's so many different accents and even the Canadian accent, you know, <laughs> listening to it, but, but you can hear it. And when you hear a team member speak and you go, uh, you're, you're, you're the same, but you're different. You've got the same sound, but your accent's different. And that reason you're different. Being second doesn't allow me to be different with my accent and have to be able to speak with the same voice. You're bringing up such a brilliant point that I, I pray every leader in the second chair can understand is that at minimum, the first half of your ministry with your pastor, if, if not the whole time, but at minimum, like the, your, your first 10, 15 years with your pastor, I'm just praying people have a spirit of endurance and go on, go on the long haul, you know, at minimum, your job is to sound like them. Your job, your primary job is not to sound like you. And we live in a culture that wants self-expression and uniqueness. And I just think in the kingdom, it's overrated. I think what you're talking about is the principle of a thousand, or one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 right. to flight. You get this yeah. magnified expression. Like I'm thankful that now my pastor has allowed me to have some uniqueness. I, I'm thankful for that. He embraces uh, some of the uniqueness that we bring to the team. That's also like 20 years in. Right. Well, that's because we yeah. literally took our accent and like buried it. Yes. Right. And we said, this is now our accent. And, and then 
not until he said, yes. hey, you know, I see, I've seen this. Right. And you go, yeah. And he goes, that's okay. <laughs> Let's do it. You know, but that was, he, he allowed that after. Yeah, too, too, you know. too many, you know, two year youth pastors want to go viral on TikTok with their own voice or something. And I'm like, that's not the goal. The goal is to magnify the voice of your pastor, the spirit of the house like that. What if we reframed that as being the highest win? Like what if we reframed that as being like the point of success? Trust God with your own uniqueness later. Trust right. God with, you know, with with maybe that thing that's in you later. I don't know. I pray that's what our life can say, because I'm thinking back when um, I was given the opportunity for the first time to do like the, the salvation call at the end of service. And the reason we did that is we had launched a second campus. We didn't broadcast. This is like dark ages, you know, we didn't broadcast, didn't do any of that. So Pastor Kevin would preach in one location, walk off the platform, drive, go preach, right. you, you know, you know, that whole flow drive, yeah. Yeah. you know, come back. And so I had in the first service, I had to take the platform and and do the altar call for a message I didn't preach. And in the, that day, that was a revolutionary concept. And so I went to our media team about a month out when I heard about it. And I was like, I need a copy of Pastor Kevin doing the altar call. Just any any service, anytime. I just pick one. I need one. So they made me a, a CD back then. And I, I burned, took that. Burned they burned me a CD <laughs> on those tower. Remember the church tower oh, burners? Yes. You know, so people at least it get, wasn't a cassette. At least it wasn't a cassette. <laughs> You're right. So I drove around in my car for an entire, like, like it felt like hours the day before I had to do this. And I listened to him on repeat, like over and over and over. How did he say this? What did he say? And my first many times doing it, I literally just ran that script. I, I didn't worry about me getting to flex, me doing my thing. I right. just, I said it identical to him. And I don't know, I love this point. I know that's little, yeah, yeah. but I think it positioned, like for me, it positioned us back in the day of him knowing these guys aren't just looking for a platform, they're with me. You know, yeah, abs absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it's, it's that expression of faithfulness and that's, that's completion with accuracy. Like you said, you know, you took that, you took that altar call and you said, I will repeat it the way he does it, the way he did it, because he must have done something right. Right. So right. It's, that, it's that completion with accuracy. But the great thing about when you operate in that faithfulness and, and it's an, it's an ongoing journey, there's a, there's, there's a reward from it. And there's a, there's a trade of, of currency that when you are faithful in that, there's, there's, there's a response and the trade of currency, for example, is, is, is release a bit more in trust. Yeah. They, 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 they trust a, a bit more release. So, so from altar call to the next thing, but, but it's an outcome. It's the, it's the, it's the expression of currency that comes from yeah. faithfulness so um, because of being willing to do that. Yeah, and I think, especially if you're training teams, Brandon, just to add to what you were saying, um, when we, ha when we start training teams for the platform, it's exactly that. You go onto the platform. Right. You know, we use the, the, the Moses-Aaron principle where Moses put words into Aaron's um, mouth and you go and speak oh, exactly what I've said. So when you're running a meeting, you're doing an altar call, you are um, emceeing or you're hosting a meeting, with the younger team, it's like, I will put words in your mouth. You will go and you will say exactly what I've said until you've grown, you've got the maturity level to eventually go and delve into 
your own words and your own speak until your accent's correct. So I, I think love that's, the word uh, accent. Yeah, and I think that's important. S- said by people with like my favorite accent I know, in the world, like mind the you. Most beautiful yeah. accent. No, you, do, you do know for a while my Siri on my phone was a South African accent. It's I don't true. know why. I just I think it's yeah. forget until <laughs> you like would say something, so and I'm yeah. like, oh jeez. I just, just wanted to add something else. We spoke about the um, Elisha Elijah principle, yeah. where you know you got to chase the man and woman of God. Um, I think it's important when you're chasing the man and woman of God that you're chasing the right things. You know, Gazi was with Elisha. But he ended up just being a clown in the in the courtyards of the king because he didn't hold on to everything that 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 Elisha Elisha had to offer. So I think it's so important that when you are following the man and woman of God, it's not just the cool sneakers and the great shoes and where they're traveling. It really is the depth of what God's placed, the mandate that God's placed in their lives, the mantle that they're carrying, because you actually sit in the overflow. I sit in the overflow of the anointing that's in Pastor yeah. Andre and Vilma's yeah. life. So I think it's important that you grasp that as number two leaders. You guys want to know what leading second is? Leading second is simply what you just said. Where leading second came from, honest to God, was 15 years of sitting at our team church conference my pastor always wanted to do a session that was kind of about the second chair. I mean, we didn't use those words, but there was always a session that kind of spoke to this. And I realized it was unique. I realized not a lot of people were doing it, and I realized he always wanted to do it. And I thought to myself, maybe I'm the one that could like bring that expression that's in his heart to life. So to be really, really honest with you, this is still, even though it's our ministry and we get to put our little picture on the thing and all that it's actually still trying to take forward an expression of something that I saw in his heart because I was close enough to him with proximity and and so it's it's not it's still all these years for us later it's still not an attempt to be unique it is still an attempt to further clarify for the kingdom the mandate that's always been in my pastor's heart very good so I feel like this is the what we're talking about here is the very reason why you have to be you have to know that you know that you're called to where you are and i'm not trying to get everybody to like leave their church or something but that's why like yeah, no it's your right your call is so important to like I, we are called to pastor kevin and pastor sheila right. and that is a deep-seated call we're called to serve them and so when it's hard and when our accent has to be adjusted and when like all those things i go back to that and i know that god has placed us here there's a reason we're here and so when it's hard when things don't make sense i can go back to that because sometimes like um accent adjustment is not an easy thing sometimes right so um i think that's why i just wanted to say like that said from someone who had a minnesota accent i did i did Hi. an accent adjustment i actually and then did. moved out to <laughs> seattle and but hanging uh, with all my canadian friends it comes back a little bit but <laughs> um, i just want to add something because you said um you're here to serve pastor kevin and pastor sheila i think if you're in this role you're serving a man and woman of God. And it's important to know that sometimes they both have different personalities. Oh, man. So you're serving two leaders yes. with different personalities, different makeup, different uh, gifts and talents. And m- many a times in my early journey, I tried to serve both Pastor Andre and Pastor Wilmer with the same accent. With the same, uh, but, it, but you need a slightly different accent with both your senior so leaders yeah, in good. order to serve so them properly. 
And I, I haven't met a couple that that isn't true for, too, yeah. like pastors. You know, yes. like most of them, that, and that's yeah. true for our pastor. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing. And, yeah. it, and, it, and you have to know, you have to learn very quickly, like, what, yeah. what to, yeah. how you are with both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, we we haven't got to even half the script today, and and we're we're at time, and we got to land the plane. Um, but I'm thankful for the both of you. Isn't it amazing? You know, half a world away, um, 26 hour flight for you to you know get to Seattle, just for this podcast, mind you. Of course, <laughs> um, you're not here for anything else. Um, but isn't it amazing in the kingdom that half a world away? We've never talked before this recording much, and yet God, God birthed the same revelation in us. Amen. Isn't that incredible yeah, about special. the kingdom? That is like, pretty special. That, yeah. that is where this is kingdom culture, and that is where leaders right now have to stand on kingdom culture and realize the kingdom of God is so beautiful. Our world is going to feel like kingdoms colliding right now, but like, like we, we are on the right side, and the, the church and the kingdom of God is so beautiful. I'm going to ask each of you to say one thing in closing, and that is just to, this is my favorite thing to say at the end of a podcast. I don't, besides land the plane. Besides land the plane, and I get made fun of every single time for saying that. Um, I am a land the plane person, yes. Um, I always figure if a person is still listening at the end of an episode, they needed this conversation. They didn't, a lot have already pushed. There's that hope. Pause. Yeah, yeah there's at least someone yeah. listening right now. So just minister, like take, take, you know, 30, 60 seconds, just talk right to the heart of that person that's leading from the second chair. Just what would you say to encourage them today as we close? Um, I, I, uh, two thoughts come to mind. Uh, the, the first one is that if you're a second, make sure that you don't let the distance between one and two become too great. You have a responsibility that if they are growing at a rapid pace and if they're investing in themselves, that you do the same. Make sure that they don't get so far away from you that you're out of arm's reach, that you can't support them in the way that you so desperately desire to. Um, the second thing is a fruit of playing a submissive role and, and that comes in the form of roles of submission and roles of authority. And one of which I can see with you is that when you lay your life down, and when you do what's needed, what you find is that your pastors submit to you in the area of the authority that they've released you in. And it's an endorsement of trust uh, that takes time to be established. But when you do, I think it's quite a, a fruitful, um, a rewarding feeling knowing that your pastor will turn to you and say, that's a really good question. Uh, Kogi will answer that. I cannot yeah, answer yeah. you. Sean will deal with that. And, so and, and when you're released to flourish in second chair, because I think you can function in second chair, but when you've released to flourish in second chair, uh, then you can really uh, do something uh, that that's you weren't so well able said. to do when you've just been uh, functioning. You can be released in that. That is so well said. I think for me, um, you need to never lose sight that your senior pastor is the primary leader and you're there to support your senior pastor's vision. Yeah. If you've got aspirations to one day become the senior pastor, have that conversation with your senior pastor earlier instead Very of good. later. Yeah. If not, you're going to have conflict. If you feel like, 
one day I want to run my own campus, I want to lead first, it's very important for you to have that conversation. If not, you need to settle that you are a number two leader and your role and responsibility Good is to you. make your senior leader look great. It's never about you. Yeah. Um, I think there's times when the kitchen does get messy. Sustain your role. Don't get discouraged. Resolve conflicts. And I think, I think it's important to do that. I think you need to stay loyal, support your senior leaders, unless, of course, there is a um, something immoral, then obviously you need to have a conversation. But I would say stay at your post and um, develop that chemistry be between your leaders and um, yeah, and see what God does. Thanks, guys, so much. To find the episode guide, visit our website, leadingsecond.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook.